0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Tonight's episode partner for Ready to Unload with Cal and San Beat, is No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow, an evening of folk music with Carol Ann Solabello, Karen Oliver, and the Yayas. Moon rises,
2: can see No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow Friday, August 22nd at 6.30 p.m. at
1: the New Jersey Botanical Gardens Skylands Association. Check them out at Facebook.com slash No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. The going to kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men.
1: Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 187, streaming and recording live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hi, good evening to you. It is Thursday, August the 21st, 10.30 p.m., half an hour later tonight. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, talking New York Sports. And stuff. Nice. Hi, I'm Sam Pete. Welcome to the program. We have a ton to do tonight on the podcast, on this episode of the podcast. We're going to be joined by Cal in a couple of minutes. We were out to dinner tonight. We had a lovely uh, – not the, just the two of us. It wasn't something romantic with candlelight and you know spaghetti and meatballs and stuff like that, Like, although we were at an Italian restaurant. Uh, no, we were out with a couple of buddies for a friend's 40th birthday party, so we'll talk about that, but – so he's going to join us in a minute. So He had, he had to drive back to Comac. I only had to drive back to Bayside. There it is. <laughs> there is probably not a song that encapsulates where we were tonight. And having dinner tonight with the guys and a bunch of high school friends catching up. Literally at See some Brenda
2: point. Brenda and Eddie there? Yeah, literally
1: at some point, Brenda and Eddie came up. And we, we talked about Brendan and Eddie, and that's all I heard about them, and I can't tell you more than I told you already, and here we are waving Brendan and Eddie goodbye. And I always wondered about Brendan and Eddie PJ. Hi, buddy. Hi. Hey. This is, of course, the Bishop Big Donut pop culture PJ, Who? and we're going to vamp. We've been instructed by Cal. Uh, vamp for a couple minutes.
0: Right, I'll do this.
1: There it is. This is good vamping music. <laughs>
0: That's enough of that <laughs> That's a,
1: Yeah um, you, you playing scenes from an Italian restaurant Really Sort of encapsulates the dinner that we had tonight We were at Umberto's in New Hyde Park Of course And we were at an Italian restaurant On Long Island About eh, about four miles From where Billy Joel grew up So it was You're really why? Of course because, You know we had a yeah. carafe we had a carafe. We didn't go crazy. We all had to drive, but you know we had a carafe or two of wine. Mm. I had the, uh, the sausage and broccoli Rob. Nice. Oh, and we, we really actually reminisced about, I can't even get over how perfect that song is because we sat there and talked about our prom. Which was That's really the only
0: official way to eat broccoli Rob, by the way.
1: Is with sausage? You
0: know, is with a good half pound of sweaty fatty sweet italian sausage
1: it was nice this sausage was nice it was nice italian sausage the broccoli rabe was fresh too like it's got to be fresh Yes. in other words you'll go to a joint uh you know an italian restaurant or something like that and they will have the frozen broccoli rabe uh, that i don't suffer
2: it's got to be fresh
1: no good no it's all wrong yeah you can tell this was broccoli rabe with like garlic nice and like the big pieces of garlic, like the big hunks of garlic that you, your your grandmother used to accidentally leave in the meatballs. Right. right. <laughs> you'd get you'd get that one low, that one meatlo- uh, meatball with like half a clove of garlic in it. You know my grandma, a we gotta, in here? No, that's you garlic. We, can, no, no. we gotta we gotta work on cutting that up a little more finely. Um, but she had old hands, and they were delicious. Um, really nice broccoli, Rob. We had a gold on the boss for one, and a hot on the boss for one
0: guys got silly with it i love it for the
1: table what what do you think and of course our buddy dan had uh penny alla vodka with rigatoni <laughs> he goes he goes well sure can get the, let me get the penny alla vodka but can i get it with rigatoni so you want the rigatoni alla vodka no
0: no it's different
1: no, it is i want you gotta order you gotta say penny alla vodka first
0: Penny, right, it's penne alla vodka, and then you, and then you, you, you change it up. <laughs> and rigatoni is a good choice because it's got the ribbed edges, which is better for holding that kind of sauce.
1: Absolutely. And it's a larger cylinder, which means it holds the sauce inside the cylinder.
0: Yeah, penne is a lousy sauce holder. I don't know why people eat it at all.
1: It's not a good sauce holder. And that is officially how you order, how you order penne alla vodka. You say, give me penne alla vodka, and then you specify the macaroni that you want.
0: That's right. I don't even like two pastas. I order the penne alla vodka, and I say, "Now and and put you know angel hair." I don't oh, give me ro-
1: give me like rotini, like you want like a rotini with it. Uh, oh, frizili. I'll eat frizili. Oh, frasili. You wouldn't? I don't yeah. know if I could. I don't know if I've had spiral pasta with, with uh, with the uh, ala vodka sauce, because right. you, and of course, let's say it properly, ala vodka sauce. Vodka. Right. Leave, vodka. leave the
0: D right out. Yeah,
1: you just go ahead and leave the D, leave the D off for savings. Um, but I, I like a cylindrical pasta with my ala vodka because of that reason, because it gets trapped inside and it's ridged, and I want to be a part of that.
0: Well, here's the thing also. I never eat alone. I'm always eating with somebody else. <laughs> and it's not like that bowl is going to be just, you know, kept... Just pasta and vodka sauce. Right. It's going to be bread dipped in that bowl. I'm going to have sure. half of somebody's meatball in there. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> someone's always sharing. I'm going to, there's going to be a small piece of chicken breast on the side. Everything's getting packed in the bowl. That's right. So I'm getting all the sauce anyway.
1: If you're giving me the ideal bowl of penne alla vodka, or in this case, rigatoni alla vodka, I got a clump of regat. I got a half a meatball. I got a piece of hot sausage and a piece of uh, sweet sausage. Like, I got it all in one plate. Yeah, you know? Everybody's so, yeah, passing around what they ordered. Everybody's in the pool. Everybody in the pool. That's it.
0: And whatever's yeah. left, you, you get some garlic bread at the end, and you just, just sop it up. That's it. Was clean, garlic clean bread big in
1: your house? Was garlic bread big, though? Did your mother make garlic bread with meals? Cal, um. <laughs> He's here. He's here. He is. Let's get him in on this. Hey, Cal.
2: I I love I love the fact. Hey guys, first of all, (laughs) I love. Second of all, I love the fact that I call
1: into a New York sports
2: show and you're talking about macaroni.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But wasn't I see garlic bread was a restaurant thing for us.
0: Garlic bread was a special occasion thing for us.
1: Or a special occasion thing. Otherwise, you just said bread. My mother
0: made pasta.
1: That's right. You just said bread.
0: Italian. Normally it was just bread from the dish right. from the. That's right. Just
1: Italian bread. bread, just a loaf of Italian bread, nice.
0: Yeah.
1: And you put but a you little need butter fresh on it. Cheese pasta. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> because because You wonder why we all
0: have a triglyceride problems.
1: <laughs> your carb your carb count is only at six hundred grams for that particular meal.
2: Did you really want to? <laughs> did you throw the loaf of Italian bread in the oven for a little bit first or not? Oh
1: yes, absolutely. But it was not garlic. How else you is the butter
2: going to melt?
0: You <laughs> know, see now, see, now my, my
1: my my uh, my in-laws though the Texas portion of, of uh, my now family, the, any time they have like spaghetti and sauce, they have garlic bread. They make garlic bread, like that to them is part of the meal. Is it, and are that's they because Texas toast
0: or are they making? Garlic no, they're bread, making.
1: Like, they're, well, they're making their version of garlic bread. But that's because they're used to eating Italian food in restaurants. Mm-hmm. When you're at a restaurant, you get garlic bread. Yeah. When, you, when you're in my house, you get a loaf of Italian bread, and you're lucky if you don't get the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Being the youngest, you usually wound up with the ass of the bread.
2: Oh, we used to fight for that. Yeah, they fight for it in my house, too. Is that
0: right? We were. Yeah. Oh, we were crust lovers. Are you kidding? The chewier, right. the better.
1: I have a... I, that's, the, the other thing about mine was... We're going to talk sports in a minute. Hi, Cal. Good to see you.
0: New York sports, everybody. New York sports.
1: But the other thing was, half of that loaf of Italian bread went into the meatballs. What? Because that's what what my grandmother used in the meatballs.
2: Not white bread? Right.
1: Not white bread. I mean white bread in a pinch.
2: Uh, We always use white bread.
1: No, industry standard was Italian bread. And the the staler, the better. Like three-day-old Italian bread...
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: ...was perfect, and then she'd wet it, Right, break it up into little pieces wet and put, put it in the meatballs. In
0: milk, baby.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, occasionally soaked in milk. That's when company was coming over, though, let's be honest. Yeah. Did your,
2: <laughs> I wasn't you getting that on a Wednesday.
1: That's right. I wasn't getting that on a Wednesday.
2: <laughs> did your grandmother ever dry her hands, ever? No. Or did she just go from thing to thing with wet hands? Just
1: move to move. Move, move right. from from gravy to meat to, Everything. you know. But her hands, like, yeah. then she'd
2: rinse her hands in the sink, and she wouldn't, wouldn't dry them. She'd just move on to the next one. No, thing. no. And soaking wet.
1: Unless you had to answer the phone, and I've said this to you guys before. My grandmother's classic was, "Stephen, get the phone. My hands have made a meatball. Yeah.
2: <laughs> made a
1: meatball. Because because she would be mixing up the meatballs, like mixing up the chopped meat and all the ingredients, and her, she yeah. would have, her hands were made a meatball. Stephen, get the, get the phone. My hands have made... My hands are made of sausage. And that's okay. the only type people call anyway. <laughs> they, can,
0: they can sense it. When I make meatballs, too, all of a sudden, everybody's very social yeah. with me.
1: It's like when you're on the phone and your three-year-old sees you on the phone. You become the most interesting <laughs> human being that ever lived. <laughs> dad, 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 daddy, daddy, hi, hi. <laughs> daddy, 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 I want to tell you a secret. I'm on the phone, buddy. Daddy, I want to tell you a secret. Okay, okay, okay. Ninja Turtles. That, that Let me ask
0: you there. something.
1: That's what he needed you're to impart at to you. You're an Italian
0: restaurant, having, having grown up Italian.
1: We were there tonight. When
0: you're, when you're at yeah, an Italian minutes, minutes restaurant, do you, do you usually order stuff that still doesn't get made at home, or do you order stuff that reminds you of home?
1: That is a fantastic question. Wow. That is an amazing question. Thank you. I'd like to preface this by saying... In my particular case, I grew up in a kitchen that was almost an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Like with a, with a mother and a grandmother, my grandmother lives with us, where you could get anything you want on a given night. And it wasn't just your run-of-the-mill Italian food. It was any food you wanted from my mom. But for my grandmother, there was, you know, on a Thursday, you may, you may get may go up. You don't even know. Like she was, and she made the shells herself. You know, so I grew up in a, you know, in a crazy, you, you did two Pige. I'm pretty sure, Callan, in a lot of ways you did as well. No, not at all. Not even a little. Well, yeah, it was the French was Canadian. But that's right. And we but love her cooked, anyway.
2: She was, well, she was in a, she was an Irish woman cooking Italian.
1: <laughs> Isn't that a movie? Julia Roberts? Yeah,
2: was it <laughs> <laughs> eat, Pray, Love? Did I just... Italian, eat,
1: eat, Pray, Love Italian-Irish.
2: But we, we, we were, so it was very basic for me when my mother cooked. It was okay. just meaty and sauce, spaghetti and meatballs. That was about it.
1: Okay. That was it. So she was, she was a basic, atten- so when you go out to the Italian restaurant, what are you looking for?
2: I get what I couldn't get all those years.
1: That's right. Okay. Well. So. what? how about you?
0: Well, I grew up in a house where seafood was not allowed.
1: Ah. So,
0: so uh, I tend, if I'm out in a, a good Italian restaurant, I tend to explore the seafood menu usually.
1: Okay. So you want, you want, like, Galamad to start. You want, like, you're in there for maybe shrimp. We talked about shrimp parmesan tonight, Cal, remember? Yeah, we, yeah. literally Cal,
2: minutes I, ago, again.
1: Dan said shrimp parmesan was a little weird to him. But then the you explain how it's not. I explain how it's not. If it's made sometimes with Sometimes eating shrimp
0: parmesan is, is like eating somebody's thumbs. It's just, sometimes <laughs> there's just something wrong with it.
1: Thumbs parmesan? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little, a, a little calamari, uh, sea bass. Yeah. These kind of things get ordered in restaurants by me.
1: Okay. I'm looking for a mix. I'm looking for a combo. Sometimes I just like to sample every Italian restaurant's chicken parm and keep it basic. Other times I want to see what their olive vodka sauce is like because my mom made a great olive vodka sauce, you know, with pancetta and everything. Um, God, I'm getting hungry. We just ate. We just. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm 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 a traditional nostalgia. Sometimes it's, you know, something my mom would rarely. Like lasagna. My mom did not make lasagna a lot. So I will go well, for like a big... The whole meal. day, that's why. That's <laughs> right. And of course...
0: It, ruins, you eat, it like, ruins your whole
1: day. That's right. You eat that one piece and you've immediately gained 14 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> immediately. Like yeah, everything ten- in that... Yeah, everything in it makes you gain weight. There's nothing in lasagna that's good for you at all. No, nothing. You can't have diet lasagna... I don't care if it's a, like a vegetable. Like, a, oh, it's a spinach lasagna. Yeah, and I'm fat.
0: Yeah, it's still got forty pounds of cheese.
1: <laughs> right. I It's in the tray. If it's done right, you can't lose weight and eat lasagna. You can't. Eat I look at like eight a, layers a, I at, of noodles. I look at like a smart one's lasagna. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so, Weight Watchers. You're not fooling me. Lasagna Florentine. You can't just put spinach in there and tell me I'm not going to gain weight. You can't do it.
0: I don't order red, red sauces when I'm out because I'm such a mama's boy that uh, nothing compares to my mother's sauce. Still to this day.
1: That's not the only reason you're a mama's boy, by the way. I just want that.
0: I know, on the- but that's one of the hallmarks, anyway.
1: <laughs> that's like number six. So I,
0: I don't. I have no interest in restaurant uh, red sauces. I'll, I'll go. Okay. Uh, you know, I'll go
2: will get, sauce.
1: Will you get uh, clam sauce? White. Sure. White sauce, right? Uh, not re- You're not a red guy, cow. No,
2: I'm saying PJ would get white. He PJ just won't get, he yeah, he won't
1: get. That's right you're, right. you're right. Yeah, he won't get. He won't get the red clam sauce. You get the white clam sauce.
2: Yeah. No. If, if if we
0: get into the red sauces, then I become like the guy who's looking for a fight. You know. And you just don't want that. So in order to keep the peace, I just stay out of it.
1: It's probably It's probably a good move. Listen, waiter, I'd have your red sauce, and then I, we'd have to fight. I don't wanna do that. So have I have hit a guy. I think it's gonna be better for everybody at the table if you just bring me the white clam sauce. No 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 no. I like a nice fratty Oh like yeah. Nice, oh
0: that's there.
1: Yeah. That's another sauce I didn't get a lot at home because my grandmother didn't like spicy stuff. Trying to so get a lot of like you know fra diablo. So like I like the shrimp, like the little boiled shrimp with like a fra diablo sauce to dip in. Ooh, madonna, this is that I don't know if I Hey I just don't know
2: if
1: you can say that. I just cursed a lot in Italian. I said a lot of bad things.
0: Oh, Boy, we got an Italian PG thirteen rating tonight.
1: Wait. Yes, <laughs> this show in Venice right now. Not for the kids. All right, let's talk let's uh, sports. Let's... I'm going away. Yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. Wait, wow. Where are you going? Yeah, where could you be going? Are you going to have some of your mother's red sauce? You want to fight?
0: I got to go chip some melted plastic out of the carpet of the studio. Ah,
1: uh, I'm sorry.
0: The room went boom. Oh
1: PJ, PJ, in testing uh, season five of Ready to Unload with Cal and Pete and uh, the Bishop Big Donut is coming up in a couple of weeks. And PJ was testing it out tonight, Cal, and he melted his mixer. Oh, no. Like the mixer. It's sort of integral to a studio. And uh, so he's going to go clean that up. He'll come back in a little while to talk fatigue. Is that our fun load tonight, Peach? Fatigue. The fun load tonight
0: is swearing. <laughs> lots and lots of swearing.
2: That's fun than the hasn't it? <laughs> Buckle up, everybody!
1: <laughs> you thought the Italian cursing was bad. Wait till, wait till the, wait till the the American vernacular starts up. All right, it's time for the big unload. Brought to you by No Fussy Feathers No Joke They're playing live tomorrow night, Cal. Yeah, I know. At the New Jersey Botanical Gardens. It's a Love plum gig. It's a, it's, it's, as, as Jay Mafali of the Yaya's and No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow said, uh, we figure the place will bring people out, and we'll just be playing music.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway, uh, go check out No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow at the New Jersey Botanical Gardens tomorrow night at 7.30. It's supposed to be lovely weather-wise. Have a lovely evening. Okay, big unload. Here's what I got, Cal. I'm going to sort of rapid-fire you because there's a couple things on my mind here. Alright. Uh, I don't know if I'm you, ready for that. You want to take a breath, Todd McShay? You had a very <laughs> big dish what did you have tonight? Chicken Parm?
2: I had the veal parm.
1: You had the veal parm? Try the veal, it's the best in the city.
2: But I didn't get pasta with it. I had a salad.
1: Are you are you <laughs> so okay? I'm okay. All right. <laughs> Nothing. I don't want to be judged. This isn't the Spanish Inquisition or right. the Italian but one. I saw stunning. you have the salad. I saw you have the salad. Um this, this is uh, – I'm going to come at you rapid fire here with a couple of things. All right. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. And by the way, anytime you mention veal and an Italian restaurant, you're required to say, try the veal. It's the best in the city. Of course. So the first thing on the plate from last week is that the Islanders have been sold. Uh, yeah. That was from earlier <laughs> this week. Yes. This is huge news, Brian. I wanted to get no it is I wanted to get your feelings on this and with the deal in mind that the new ownership is going to take over so they're going to be minor, uh, minority owners uh, for the first two years and then they take a majority uh, of the team over uh, after two years and Charles Wong will go down to owning a majority of the team so I don't think he's selling in full right?
2: no and and Charles Wong's never going to – he won't be owning a majority of the team. He'll own a minority of the team at that point in two After years. After two years. Right.
1: Right. And so
2: They're, these and, two and guys – Well, no. He, in, in the statement, he talked about partnering with these two guys. Yeah. So he's not going anywhere.
1: No, but once he goes down to minority status, Cal, he's, he's not going to be calling the shots. I mean, these, these guys are not buying the team to take a back seat to him. Probably not. No, they're they're not. I mean I don't oh, think there's
2: they, okay.
1: No, I'm saying from, from what I
2: read
1: I'm saying from what I read of the deal, they're they're going to take over not only the majority shares of the team, but also the running of the team. I think Charles Wong's gonna fade off into Bolivia, as Mike Tyson would say.
2: Okay. I don't I'm not necessarily believing that, but okay.
1: Okay, why don't you believe that?
2: I well I don't think I think he he will stay involved because I think he genuinely loves the team. He's just tired of losing all this money.
1: But stay involved for these two years, or after he's a minority shareholder.
2: Once he's a minority shareholder, I, I think he will still be involved.
1: I don't, I don't think, think he gets just gonna to go be. away. I don't think he gets to be Bri. Okay. I think the only reason he's staying majority shareholder for these two years and didn't sell the team in full is because he's looking at the first two years maybe ever in his ownership where he's actually standing to make a profit off the team. Because they're in their last year of NASA um, uh, Veterans Memorial Coliseum this year with a hopefully playoff team. A lot of changes have been made. And so that building is going to be, as long as they're playing decent hockey, sold out a lot. And then next year is the first year in the Barclays Center. Um, these are the first two years he stands to make any money off the team. And I think he wants to stick around as majority owner for that. And I think these guys buying the team from him are giving him that. Okay. And then I think he fades off uh, as a minority owner who has as much say as somebody who has, you know, 10% of a team or 15% of a team, which is not a lot. I think these guys, given their history, especially, um, what is it, Ledecky? Yes. Um. He's the
2: one that had a partial share of the cast, of the right? Girls, yes.
1: These guys, uh, especially the are, I think, I think, again, just gut feeling. And we're going to have somebody on, uh, one of the guys on from Lighthouse Hockey uh, in a couple of weeks to talk about this more when we get closer to training camp. Um, I, I think these guys mean business about owning a team and running a team. I don't think they're going to be – I think they're buying the team from him to run the team. You know, I think this particular agreement is so he can make a little money off the team for two years.
2: But what makes, what makes you think he's going to make money off of the team this year, still at the Coliseum?
1: Well, they should be they, because the Coliseum still holds 17,000 people. If he, sells, if he sells out, they have 41 dates at the Coliseum, right? If he sells out 35 of them, they're going to make money. Yeah, but and then if they get to the playoffs and they have three playoff games they're, they're going to make money he's going to be in the black with this team because he spends just... nothing on it okay and then he's certainly going to make money in the Barclay center sir
2: i just i I feel like it's awfully optimistic to think they're going to sell out 35 or 41 games this year
1: i I, optimistic. I i I agree, Bri, but they, the, chance were getting, is, the chance is there.
2: Even if he breaks 7,000 people a, a night last year.
1: But even not when they were making the playoff run, they were getting 15,000 a night two years ago. So even if he, down the stretch, so even if he breaks, look, you, Bri, you know, if they were winning, people will come to that arena, and it's the last year of it. Cal, how many nights did Shea sell out in two thousand and nine with a or two thousand and eight with a you know a team that was competitive, that was in it, and there were fifty thousand people there at Shay.
2: Yeah, they, I mean they drew four million people that year. Yeah. yeah. all right, all right. So I see your point.
1: I think he stands to make money the next two years. And I think that's why the deal is structured this way. And again, this is just my speculation. Okay. Huh? Uh the, the 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 bigger piece of this is that do you believe that they're getting ownership that's going to spend money and change the fortunes of the team? A team yeah, like that's going to be in the Barclays Center, Cal, not going to be in uh, the NVCM. NVMC. There's an acronym I'm struggling with.
2: Or NCIS,
1: CSI. NCIS, NASA. SVU. Right. Yeah. PIS, yeah, yes. Miniola.
2: I think uh, I think they'll I think they'll spend money.
1: I think so too. I I feel good. I feel. Well, I his, think I feel better about this ownership group than I did about Barroway.
2: I think what I what I feel good about is the fact that it's a settled group. There's exactly. no limbo anymore. You That's have right. two guys that are going to come in and buy this team.
1: And they didn't have to go to 10 investors to put the money together. That's right. Like Barraway did. Barraway was like, hold on, wait, let me call some friends.
2: Right, and now, well, and what's going to happen with this lawsuit? I think, it, I,
1: I think it's frivolous at best.
2: There's a die in the vine?
1: Yep, I think it's gold digging at best. Okay. I really do. He's, looking for, right. he's looking for like lawyer's fees and stuff like that. He's looking for, you know... He's looking for, just to get what he spent paid. That's all. I think this is a really, I'm ecstatic about hockey season, Cal.
2: I am, well, in light of the baseball season, I I am extremely excited for the hockey season.
1: But this has been, totally, and I feel like this has been building for me. Like, this interest in the Islanders and being sort of all in with the Islanders has been building for me.
2: I feel like you, you went real deep in last year, even though they were I did. bad.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, because nope. two years ago, I came fully back. Right. And we've talked about a couple times on the show about maybe the Islanders passing other teams in right. my interest level.
2: That's right. Well, that, well the, the team that's in jeopardy is the Mets.
1: Yeah, well, in so many ways.
2: Not the, not the Jets, right?
1: No. No. The Jets are the Jets are there's I, I'll say it again. There's a <laughs> weirdly visceral reaction that I have to watching the Jets play. And it doesn't matter if it's a preseason game or if they're seven and eight and trying to even their record or they're four and well, not four and ten or whatever, but
2: if the game means something.
1: if it's if it's remotely meaningful
2: in okay. any way, not necessarily even for a in playoff any way.
1: for a right. draft pick or last year, they're playing the Dolphins the last week of the season to even up at eight and eight and beat the Dolphins to keep the Dolphins out of the playoffs, and it is it's visceral. I can't put a finger on it. I wish yeah. I could. I was watching the Bengal preseason game from this past Saturday. We went out to dinner. Right for our anniversary, and then went to see Hedwig uh, with Neil Patrick Harris, which was astounding. And then, uh, and I'm I get home, we get home, we had a lovely night, had a couple of drinks, uh, the kids were in bed, not by themselves, mind you. Um, (laughs) Like Wes, good luck, buddy. Um, And it's like 11:30, 12 o'clock. So we got home at a reasonable hour and stuff. I'm thinking about when I can watch that game.
2: And it's a preseason game.
1: I have a it DVR'd. It's a preseason game. So Casey uh, gets up at about 6.05 on Saturday morning.
2: It's like he knew.
1: And I go, I got it, babe. I got it. Yeah, I'll get up with him. That's okay. And I get up. I, I get the kid out of his crib, take him in the kitchen, get him a bottle of milk. We go in the living room in front of the TV, and I put the jet game on. And he and me and my one-year-old watched the jet game. Nice. Yeah.
2: What did he think? Loved it. Good.
1: He feels that uh, Antonio Allen, uh, there was a push-off, definitely, on the long completion of A.J. Green. Um, He also didn't think that the Jets showed anything. You know, he said it.
2: Was he, uh, is, what is, how does he feel about the quarterback, quarterback controversy? He feels
1: that Geno uh, Smith's footwork has improved a great deal, and uh, he looks more mature, as does Casey. You know, last year at this time, Casey was only about you know, four or four, five weeks old, you know, three, four weeks old. Uh, he, much like Geno Smith, much more mature at this point. Casey's <laughs> footwork is far better. He's walking. They both, they both improve their footwork a great deal. I feel like.
2: Yeah, but how does it, how does uh, how does Wesley feel about Casey right now? Since Casey's clearly the starter, even though you haven't announced him to be the starter. <laughs> That's right. If you were to ask Wesley, what what is what does he say? Wesley, about it?
1: he's I tell you what, he's being a good soldier with it. He's having a little trouble with it.
2: He's saying all the right things though.
1: He's probably tired of the questions. You know, but he's. <laughs>
2: Does he visibly yawn when you ask him the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, This again.
1: Wesley, how do you feel about uh, Casey being able to walk? I mean, his footwork is, you know, really improved. And uh, well, that's, I think that's, uh, that's great for him. And, um, you know, we're going to put the best baby out there that uh, we have. And, um, you know, it's a competition. I mean, uh, <laughs> you
2: know. Look, I they, knew all but, along he was going to walk.
1: Yeah, they, they, they
2: pre- this, is, this is not new. This is nothing new.
1: <laughs> they've preached competition. Uh, you know, you, you know, my mother, and my father—they preached competition. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, they've set up a scenario where you know, hopefully, both Casey and I can be successful. Yeah, he's very—he's well trained.
2: He's good. All right. Well, he's three.
1: I mean, for three—you know, three years. What is he? Three years, eight months, something like that. He's had a lot of media training. A lot.
2: Yeah, he's advanced
1: for his age. So, uh, the Islanders sold. I think it's a great thing. Obviously, we have plenty of time to talk about hockey, but I had to bring that up right off you the know, bat. Because you, it's huge. Our, our, one of our
2: teams was sold. Well, you know what's great about it is that the team was sold in a year or two ago. Well, more, yeah, a little bit more than that. Maybe two or three That's years ago. Two, two and a half years ago. Right, because it was, it was in October of 2012 when they announced that they were moving to Brooklyn.
1: Right. And they had the referendum the year before, the summer before.
2: Right. So, so you're talking two, three years ago, if our team was sold, there was a really good chance they were leaving. That's right. So it wasn't like you wanted them to be sold. You did and you didn't.
1: No, this is huge. Again, this is huge news. Where this, We've been doing this show almost five years. Where the Islanders, as a franchise, just from a stability standpoint, have come to is amazing.
2: It's a lot better.
1: Like, we had a genuine fear in summer of 2010, summer of 2011, that the team would be gone. I mean, we did entire shows about what to do if a team you love and grew up with moves. Right. Like they were going to Kansas City, potentially. Or Quebec. Or Quebec. Or Quebec. Sorry. Yeah, my no, apologies. Yeah, I'm in Rome. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, my the, um,
2: Bobby Nystrom came out this week and said, this sale is great, I hope things fall through with Brooklyn and they stay on the island.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of that.
2: You know, but, but, but that's what we're looking at. It's not like they're either going to be on the island or they're going to be 3,000 miles away. Yeah. It's like they're going to be in Brooklyn, and if that doesn't work out, they could stay on Long Island.
1: They could go back to Long Island.
2: We're okay. It's stands.
1: I could see them. There's, I've read this. Cal, what do you think of this? And I saw that Nyström said that, and I've also read this in other places. That now, when these guys come in in two years and take over the majority um, uh, ownership of the team, if they can get a deal done in Nassau County, they'll pay to break the lease with Barclays and move them back there. Well, the,
2: and the other thing is that Yormark, Brett Yormark, yes. owns Barclays, and he is the developer of the new Coliseum.
1: Yes. So know, which. Which I, I I could see a scenario where Barclays is a stop, you know, for three years or two or three years. Remember,
2: Barclays is not really designed for hockey.
1: No, no, not even close.
2: So this, so maybe this is what they do. In the meantime, yeah. they rebuild the area at the
1: Coliseum and they come back. Yeah, could either way, they're going to be in the metropolitan area. Right, and that's and that's the bottom line. And that's and they, and it right, and it looks like they're going to have ownership to inject some money into the situation. Okay, Islanders covered next point check check it off I? Right. next point uh and this this can be really quick but this sort of developed and we talked about it a little bit last week but look there's not much to talk about with the local baseball teams there's there's really not the Yankees are struggling for relevance and to stay in the pennant race right uh they won today against the Astros after losing the first two games of that series inexplicably um, they're, they're having closed-door meetings They can't hit The offense is terrible Blah, blah, blah I think they're four games Out of the second wild card And Baltimore is sort of Running away and hiding With that division In the Division, yeah They never expected um, that No Because right? always, you always feel They don't have enough pitching I'll tell you Let me ask you a question, Cal If you could pluck One major league manager Major leagues Away So we're firing Terry Collins right? Hopefully. Yeah. And, and you, you get your choice of major league managers only. Who are you taking? Joe Madden. Okay. And I
2: don't even, don't even think about it.
1: You wouldn't even think twice? No. Okay. I I'm taking Buck.
2: That, that, that's a misnomer because I have thought about it. So I shouldn't say I wouldn't even
1: think about it. <laughs> You've, I, I think thought is the wrong word. I think you're thinking of dreamed.
2: Dreams, yes. Yeah. Dreams no, i take
1: him. Yeah, right. You, you would take Showalter, huh? I would take Buck.
2: You can't go
1: wrong. He, to me, Buck has the proper mix of old-school ornery, D-bag, Earl Weaver, and, you know, Bobby Cox, and smart enough to realize that some advanced metrics are worthwhile, and some players have to be treated with kid gloves, and you have to have patience with certain young players. And to call out the media when they're full of crap and to uh, – he has the perfect mix to me.
2: The problem with him, though – you know the problem with him.
1: He's not a good dresser.
2: The trouble with the curve <laughs> is that
1: – Terrible movie.
2: Yeah. He wears that as welcome. He's got a shelf life four or
1: he, he wears – like bad suits or something, because I just he, said he just dressed...
2: He does have. A, he wears fedoras, right? Inappropriately. Inappropriately. This is the wrong time. You think like, You're he not John won't... McGraw. Take that. Take that <laughs> hat off.
1: Why are you wearing a straw hat from 1920? Stop. <laughs> He's and a, a suit.
2: suit. <laughs> Tom Land.
1: Hey, oh. take it easy, Connie Mack. All right, please. <laughs> um, you really think that?
2: I do. Well, I, I. I proven it's everywhere he's gone he's left sort of contentiously right it's fair
1: do you You think think he's learned from that Rangers (laughs) go on where's your proof
2: (laughs) I need more proof yeah
1: I'm sorry those four teams that you brought up
2: Uh, how long has he been with Baltimore now he's been with Baltimore for a few years
1: gotta be five years
2: Ah, it's too many. But I think that you're right. I think he has... <laughs>
1: if only there were a machine, we could look it up.
2: I think, uh, I think there is something to the fact that maybe he's learned from it. And maybe okay. he's adjusted over time.
1: Okay. Right? There's some magnificent pictures of Buck Showalter if you just... If you Google Buck Showalter, the first picture that comes up is magnificent. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Buck Walter's is only 58 years old. Yeah. Yeah. He
2: was in his 30s when he managed the Yankees.
1: He was 36?
2: Yeah. You don't remember that? I feel like
1: Buck Showalter. You think he was like 70? I thought he was like 65 years old.
2: Yeah, come on.
1: I did. You really... Oh, you're going to tell me he doesn't look it. He looks it. You think he looks 65 years old? Listen to me, sister. Those are hard years. I guess Whatever he's he's done.
2: Those that's. (laughs) (laughs)
1: He's with the Yankees for 1, 2, 3, 4, the D-backs for 3, 1, 2, 3, 4 with the Rangers, and now he's in his fifth year with the Orioles.
2: Oh, you were right. My apologies to the chef.
1: (laughs) I'll let him know. Lifetime record of... uh, boy, he's almost 100 games over 500.
2: Wow, What's that? What, what does that feel like?
1: I have no idea.
2: I, I do know what 40 games under 500 feels like. He is
1: 1236 and 1147. So 53, 89 games over 500. That's pretty good for 16 years. Yeah. I think he only has, he's got some losing seasons.
2: Yeah, he's going to have a couple, but not many.
1: No, I mean, he's got a 65 and 97 year with the D-backs and then next year he's 162. Right. <laughs> so, turn that one around quickly. The Yankees I mean, when the when the strike broke in 1994, they were 70 and 43. <laughs> they, were, they were they were they were 27 games over 500.
2: Yeah, no, you can't argue. If you want to take Buck Showalter, then go right ahead, and I won't stop you. Because it's first great. year with the
1: Orioles, first year with the, the Orioles, he comes in, he goes 34 and 23 as he comes in at the end of the year. Next year, in '11, he's 69 and 93, right? Struggling year, terrible. Oh, and then 2012, they're 93 and 69, right. and in and in the playoffs for the first time in like 22 years. I, hard to argue
2: it's really hard to argue but he, here's, here's another guy that uh, they're in first place now the Angels Mike Socha
1: yeah Sosha. but I, see, I feel Sosha's overrated
2: Well, she, he, I think he's had a couple of bad years and he's kind of fallen off the map but I think he's a good manager right.
1: he's gone to like under, underappreciated
2: now he has yeah but I think he's a good manager
1: I think he is too
2: you know who else is a good manager? And notice, by the way, how I'm only—we're only giving you American League managers. That's right. Ron
1: Gardenhire. Well, Gardenhire's—he's the industry standard for small market, low payroll. Right. Doing what has he been with Minnesota? Fifteen years? Sixteen years? Well, I
2: mean, you—you you go back. They've had two managers in. in he what, took over for there? Tom Kelly, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: They've had literally two managers for the last twenty-three years or so.
2: Ah, it's more than that. Maybe more than that,
1: right? It's
2: it's more than that because when they won the World Series in '87, Tom Kelly was there. Tom Kelly
1: was manager. That's That's right. Twenty-six years. Twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven
2: years. years. (laughs) And he had been there for a couple of years too.
1: That's fantastic. Well, I'm taking I'm taking Buck. You're taking Joe Madden. You can't go wrong either way.
2: No, neither one of us are wrong, and that's what's nice about this.
1: And here's the point.
2: Terry Collins,
1: our guy. Yeah. I'm just going to sum this up this way. I don't think the sentiment that Terry Collins needs to go now has sort of caught hold. I know two gentlemen who look a lot like us, and this is, again, not a breaking our arm, patting ourselves on the back. This is a – we said a couple weeks ago, we hope – we almost hope they tank in certain ways in the second half so he loses his job because that seems to be the only way that Terry Collins is going to be moved. And it's not that we want a guy to lose his job. It's not that you want to see a guy fired or whatever. His time is up. We both said it. After Terry Collins uh, is given a vote of confidence (laughs) – you know they, what are they 2 and 6 or 3 and 6 or something like that yeah, but they five six, straight now, yeah. right five straight games with four hits they almost set a record that hasn't been done in 100 years or something like that for six straight games with four hits or less um, his job is not guaranteed and i just want to say matt harvey matt harvey's the reason that his job shouldn't be guaranteed
2: explain
1: he Matt Harvey, by all accounts, Eddie Coleman uh, said it this week, Cal. I don't know if you caught him on with Francesa. No. Uh, They were talking about this. Um, Matt Harvey's a handful. He's he's very difficult to handle. The Mets are having a hard time with him PR-wise, and he's a self-thinker, and he's on his own. Uh, You know, He goes rogue a lot, and he wants to do what he wants to do, and... You know, he's trying to rehab as quickly as possible and the bulldog in him wants to pitch this year and all this stuff. They're, they're, he's hard to handle. Sure. I mean, call Eddie Coleman said as much, and I trust Eddie Coleman a lot about the Mets because he's around them every day. But the way that Terry Collins just called him out is so childish and so unnecessary. Unnecessary. To call this guy out in the media again, that this relationship needs to be fixed, and I don't think it's going to get fixed with Terry Collins as the manager. And there's something about this relationship that needs to be fixed because I feel like Matt Harvey will be out of here as soon as possible if this continues.
2: That's what I'm worried about.
1: Well, because I don't feel like he, it seems like, again, we're huge outsiders, right? But it seems right. like he doesn't feel he, like he's listened to. Right. And Matt Harvey is one of the better things to happen to the organization in a long time. And this is not some 65-to-1 long shot that they drafted in the 27th round. Right. Who happened to, you know, turn out to be a gem and an ace. This is their first round draft pick chosen to be an ace, chosen to be a stud pitcher, they know what he is. It's important that they treat him well. Now, that doesn't mean kowtowing to his every wish and demand. But to me, it it also means your manager doesn't call you out in public with a dripping sarcasm and sound like a grumpy old grandfather who's been charged with watching the teenage boys. And he's probably doing a cell phone interview, flippity-floo. flu. <laughs> <laughs> what,
2: what is what is your take on on Harvey as a as a person? Because there's a lot made about the fact that he's got this insatiable need to be in the public eye, and he's more concerned about being a celebrity than a pitcher. And I, I wanna don't get,
1: buy that. I, I don't get your buy take it. On it. I don't buy it.
2: Do you think, I, are people jealous of him?
1: Probably. I also see a guy who likes attention, no doubt. The way, to me, it's being portrayed is that he's opportunistic, and I don't think he's opportunistic. Like he's cashing in on all of this because that's the kind of guy he is.
2: But see, I'm, I'm also getting the, the sense that people believe it's more important to him to be a celebrity
1: than to be a pitcher. I, I don't know Why? I don't buy that at all. I don't buy it at all. What, what has he done to? Because he goes to Ranger Games or dates a model. Or I mean, like like he's not taking his job seriously. Yeah, except the fact that he's rehabbed like a maniac. Right. And they have to actually keep him off the mound. Right. They have to slow I, him down from working too hard. Yeah, no, yeah no, I, I agree, agree with the, you. The, just... the narrative is contradictory.
2: Yeah. yeah like
1: writes a column where it's tisk tisk tisk. You know, Matt Harvey, like, settle down. You know, settle... But, but in the same breath, he's opportunistic and he loves the limelight and he loves this and he loves that, but he's working too hard. Which one is it? I, 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 I just... Maybe I'm Pollyanna about it. I don't know. I just haven't seen that.
2: I, I am as negative as they come about my own team, and I haven't seen it.
1: I feel like... Met management... And, and I don't even know if it's Alderson as much as it is well, – of course, I don't want to blame Sandy for anything. But as much as it is ownership who's never been able to handle players like this. Like the Wilpons never do well with these guys.
2: No, you're right. These larger-than-life personalities, they, they and, can't control them.
1: Yeah. And Collins, who did so well with Mo Vaughn on the Angels or, you know, like – Terry Collins has been a disaster with players like this. A disaster.
2: Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. So he hasn't handled players that are outspoken uh, well at all in his history. I, I, the, look, the guy just has to go. It's just time. And well, It's time for change. This came up a ton this week, Bry. And I heard him like Melusa say it a couple of times on FAN with Rosenberg or whatever about – get Wally Backman right out of your head. Because Sandy Alderson uh, doesn't want Wally Backman. It's not one of his guys. He wants a guy who's going to stick with the organizational philosophy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Sandy Alderson has hired Wally Backman not once, not twice, but three times in tremendous positions of influence on young players yes. he was the manager of their short season A team where the draft picks go immediately their first professional baseball experience and he chose Wally Backman to lead that team and now the last two years he's been the steward of the AAA team where their most important pitching prospects have gone right and Sandy Alderson doesn't think he's why, – then why is he in the organization? They could have replaced him with 100 people.
2: Just as, just as an aside, my, my – Please do
1: it, to the, do it to the audience and make it Shakespearean.
2: I, I can't make it Shakespearean, but I can make it like Mr. Roper.
1: <laughs> Fine. That'll we'll do. accept that. The judges will accept that.
2: Um. My newest pet peeve about sports talk, or just, just broadcasters, announcers, whatever you want to call them, is the phrase, Sandy Alderson doesn't want such and such because he thinks such and such. Right. You know? Or if you're listening to a broadcast and they show a picture of Terry Collins in the dugout and Howie Rose says something like, Terry Collins is thinking, I can't believe this is happening, my, the pet peeve is, why do you presume to know what a man is thinking? Yeah. You don't know that. You can speculate. He might be thinking. Or you wonder if he's thinking. Something like that. But the, I feel like it's, it's just a crutch that's used so much.
1: And it's so definitive, especially with, yeah. the, with the talk radio guys, with the sports talk radio guys. Right. It's so definitive. Right. That's what, that's what pissed me off about this Sandy Alderson thing with Wally Backman.
2: Well, that's like the Malusis. That made me think of it. Yeah,
1: Malusis must have, must, have said it, must have said it six times. Get it out of your head if you right. think Sandy Alderson wants Wally Backman.
2: Well, and then, yeah, and, and it's accompanied yeah. by the tough talk.
1: Well, why? He's hired him three times. Brought him back three times mm-hmm. in huge positions of influence in the organization.
2: He's not a Sandy Alderson guy.
1: He's not, uh, Sandy Olson doesn't want him. He's not a Sandy Olson guy. Well, funny. How do you know that? He keeps hiring this non-Sandy Alderson guy. Three times! Yeah. They could have let him walk last year. Yeah. They brought him back to AAA last year. Now, I know part of this is, is you know... Oh, yes, yeah, he not have another offer. But, but, so they don't have to hire him, Cal. Right. If it was so important, if he's such not a Sandy Alderson guy and he's so not, as Melusa said, not with Sandy Alderson's program, then why that, the fuck did they hire him back? That's what he said. He's not with his program. He's not, he's, Sandy, Sandy Alderson's going to bring a guy who's going to put his program in place. That's what they want.
2: Really? So every minor league manager that they have. <laughs> right. And the millions of times they talk about it being an organizational directive. Organizational directive. That means everybody in the organization follows right. this philosophy. But Wally Backman's not doing that.
1: No, he's not, not doing that. And yet, But he's rehired him three times. Right. In, a position, in a position where you could argue he's more influential on prospects and organizational development than Terry Collins is.
2: The thing with this is that you're right. We don't know for sure that he's not a Sandy Alderson guy. We don't know that. But I, my guess is that he's probably not going to get that job.
1: That's fine. Don't tell me it's because of that.
2: Well, I'm not going to tell you that.
1: So, cause I no, because I, I feel like, and don't tell me it's not because of that. Like, you don't know that. Right. But the facts would tell me that, he hired Wally Backman three times. Three times. and the last two years, he could have easily let him go and put in his guy. Right. In triple A. In AAA, where Matt Harvey was, Zach Wheeler was, Noah Syndergaard is, Travis Darnot is, now this year, Plowicki's there, the biggest organization... Ontario. the biggest organization, Mahia, Familia, all there. All there. They've all played for Wally Backman. They've all played for Wally Backman. Who was hired... Again, by Daniels. So whatever, Terry needs to go. Agreed. Had enough. And and I think Harvey. This whatever everything that went on with Matt Harvey last week is indicative of that.
2: Well, and the other thing that you brought up a couple of times. Yeah, does, I, don't know if you I brought just it keep up here. here.
1: No, I just keep seeing it. What? With Wheeler. Wheeler. It's watching Terry Collins remove Wheeler from a game is awkward at best. Yeah. This is three straight games, and I've been watching them, where Zach Wheeler, who, you know, part of it is the bulldog and doesn't want to come out of the game and stuff, doesn't even speak to him. And Collins has said, good job, pat him on the ass, whatever, doesn't even look at him.
2: I really think he did a lot of damage last year. Yep. Totally agree. You know, I, I told you, he tried to make him earn his respect because okay. he's got this old school, I'm, I'm old and you're new and you I, you got to earn my respect, right? Yep. And he beat him down last year. Yep. Beat the guy down. Doesn't,
1: he, doesn't even look at him, Cal. Doesn't he even, he walked off the mound yesterday. I thought he was going to punch him. So now. Kind of of him. He was hoping he would.
2: <laughs> so now Collins does respect him. Right and is, and praises the pitcher that he's become, but at the cost of losing him pretty much because right. Wheeler can,
1: it, it is so clear that Wheeler cannot stand him
2: to me. Well, I mean, we're, so we're, I mean, we're speculating also, but
1: still hugely speculating.
2: But perception is
1: no. And again, I don't want to. I don't want to become what we just criticize for. I don't know what Zach Wheeler's thinking by no. any means. I don't no, pretend we're, to we're, believe.
2: We're, we're we're basing our perception on, on what we see.
1: I'm just going by what I've seen in the last few outings that Zach Wheeler doesn't even acknowledge Terry Collins when he's speaking to him when he takes him out of a game. And again, that may just be the bulldog thing, and maybe Wheeler's pissed off that he couldn't finish an inning, or you know, Wheeler had that stretch of like, six and two- thirds, six and a third, six yeah. and two-thirds. like he couldn't get to the seventh inning.
2: It's and so maybe fair.
1: or to the eighth inning, I should say, and maybe some of that is him being pissed off that he couldn't do it. But it really looks awkward. It really does. Like yesterday's looked awkward. Yeah. So I don't know. And and again, we're we're hugely speculating. But why right. not? That's what we do. Hey, look. I don't like Terry Collins. I could see Zach Wheeler not liking him. <laughs> okay. Um, I just uh, I have uh, two more things here. Okay. There was an interesting article that I saw today about um, – and it's, it's sort of everywhere now um, – but um, uh, about a – changes for baseball to shorten the game because baseball has become too long. And uh, I think actually Martino even wrote about it today um, in uh, the Daily News. But there was an article by uh, Craig Calcaterra in, uh, on hardball and NBC Sports about a pitch clock.
2: Okay.
1: So a pitcher would have Whatever 24 seconds To throw a pitch And if you didn't throw the pitch In the pitch clock You're charged a ball Okay Thoughts My thoughts on that? No, no Not your thoughts What does What does Julia think of this? Wake her up
2: Go wake her her up Let
1: me go get her you just want thoughts <laughs> about this. Yeah. Well, does the game need to be sped up?
2: Um, I, well, that's tough for me to say because I'm um, – Let's
1: start I, there.
2: <laughs> game could last five hours, and I don't care. I just – I love baseball. Really? I, does, yeah. It doesn't need to be sped up. You could, you could do some things to, to move it along a little bit, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. But as far as a pitch clock, I think the issue is more with the batter. Than the pitcher.
1: So your your cure for that would be not let the batter get out of the box.
2: No, stay in the box.
1: Can't get out of the box between pitches.
2: No, you stay in the box.
1: Get out of the box, you're charged a strike.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah. Or or if you want to if you want to put a clock on something, put the clock on the batter. Get back in the box. Don't walk around. Because it's not—it's unreasonable to expect that the pitch is going to come in, the batter is going to do what he does, and then just stand there like a statue.
1: What if you foul do? a ball off?
2: If you foul a ball off? Yeah,
1: can you get out of the box if you foul a ball off and reset?
2: Yeah, because you're waiting because the umpire has to throw another ball back into play Right. Like I
1: fou- when I foul off a pitch when I'm playing baseball, that's the only time I really get out of the box.
2: And then what do you do?
1: Uh, take a walk, reset, just... Get back okay. in the box.
2: All right. How much time
1: do you take? A couple seconds. I'm a uh, human rate delay. I'm Toby Hara. I am a human rate delay when I'm at the plate. No, I, I try to stay in the box or whatever, but I, I, I will step out between pitches I won't step fully out.
2: Like one leg out of the box? That's right. Keep your back foot still planted? Yep. Okay.
1: The only time I step out of the box and then at bat is if I foul the ball off.
2: But you don't... But you step out of... It. It's, it's stepping out of the box as opposed to leaving the box and walking around.
1: There's yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't adjust batting gloves. I don't have, like, a routine with the helmet no. and the thing. Yeah. There's, yeah.
2: A, there's a huge difference. Yeah. Okay. Like, even no, David... Good. I mean, we love David Wright, but enough. David Wright... That's well, OCD at
1: this point, though. Well... And the same thing with Jeter. I mean, Jeter does the same thing. It's OCD that's at this a, point.
2: That's a bigger issue, though. There's something going on with them
1: as, right. as people. So there's an actual rule... Uh, 8.04, seldom enforced. When the bases are unoccupied, the pitcher shall deliver the ball to the batter within 12 seconds after he receives the ball. Each time the pitcher delays the game by violating this rule, the umpire shall call a ball. Right? That rule is on the books.
2: Okay, so it's just a matter of enforcing it if they want to do so that.
1: So they're saying put a clock behind home plate okay. for 12 seconds when the ball is put in play. The umpire, umpire catcher throws the ball back to the pitcher, 12 seconds, starts.
2: I'd be fine with that.
1: So would I. Strangely, because, I would be just fine with that.
2: Because the pitch clock, well, what if a batter steps out? We set
1: the See, to me, it works for both guys. Okay. It's twelve seconds for the next pitch to happen. If the batter isn't ready and the pitch comes in, tough luck.
2: All right, Then he's gotta call time out.
1: That's right. That's see,
2: And that's the umpire the
1: and the umpire doesn't have to grant it.
2: Right. That's that's the piece of this that needs to be introduced or reintroduced. Call time out. Don't just leave the box. Because when a guy leaves after the pitch, when the guy walks out of the box and readjusts, it's not calling time out.
1: No, there's no need to ever leave the box right. unless because you foul a ball off. Because if you foul a ball out off, of
2: play.
1: The, you put the ball out of play. They have right. to the reset. Ball is still the ball a new ball.
2: ball.
1: Is... Right. Other than that, there's no reason to leave the box. None.
2: Unless you so call a saying, timeout. I'm saying,
1: right. I'm saying 12 seconds soup to nuts. And the only reason you should ever call timeout when you're in the box is if the pitcher's is taking too long.
2: Or if you need to get a sign from a coach. If there's, if there's a problem yeah. with the signs... Yeah.
1: That's fair. Right. Or you get a, you know, a bug in your eye. Right. <laughs> I'm putting the bug in your eye corollary in. A bug I in demand, your eye? I demand bug in the eye corollary.
2: Right. That should be in the rule. I.E. bug eight, in the eye. 8.04.1
1: eight bug right. in the eye. The Jabba Chamberlain and Cleveland rule.
2: In the event. In the event. Bug,
1: there are my, what were they? Uh, midgets? Midge? Midges? Midges. Midges. They were midges, right?
2: Yeah, I you know I've never heard that phrase used since. Don't think I heard <laughs> it before. Haven't heard it since.
1: <laughs> You'll never hear it again.
2: I don't know what those things were.
1: No. I think they were. I think they were a plague brought upon the Yankees because they're the Yankees.
2: It could have been.
1: You go know, punishment biblical style.
2: He hasn't been the same since. By the way.
1: And he hath brought midges. <laughs> and there shall be midges.
2: Well, I shouldn't say uh, that. He's a this year. Yeah, whatever.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, they're still dusting off his plaque in the Hall of Fame, Cal, so
2: that's true.
1: Yeah, it's right next to Dylan Batance's. Um and, and, and Pat Kelly's. Um Kevin And Kevin And of course Alex Ochoa's and you know, there's plenty of well, guys we can
2: name.
1: Bill Pulsifers, and there's plenty of guys we can name.
2: They they have an entire Alex wing.
1: And the, the Alex no. Alex Ochoa what's his other bar. Alex Escobar, that's right. Not the drug dealer so much. No. Not the drug game pin. That's Pablo Escobar, who was right. not a five-tool player.
2: <laughs> I think he I just did one, one thing really well. He just, he just did one thing illegal
1: <laughs> extremely well.
2: Some may, some may call it illegal.
1: Yeah. Alex Escobar did five things pretty well. <laughs> Supposedly.
2: Turned out no, just okay.
1: It turned out none of those things really No, well. actually
2: zero. He did zero yeah. of
1: them well. So, did we uh, say five?
2: No, we meant zero. Got
1: <laughs> he's a 5-2 player? No, no, no tools. Get that, get that confused he, all the time. He's, he's Cro-Magnon. He has zero tools. He's got nothing. He just invented like a little pickaxe, <laughs> and he's going to war with that. That's
2: it. It's as if he's he, never played baseball before.
1: Yeah, you guys had him in the Bronze Age. This is not, this is, he is medieval. He's like Cro-Magnon, yeah. So, you would be okay with the pitch clock?
2: I'm fine with that, yeah.
1: 12 seconds, no matter who messes it up, if it's the batter, it's a strike, if it's the pitcher, it's a ball. Fine. I'm on it. I think yeah, you got, okay. I bet you cut have a half an hour off games. That'd be all right. How nice is like a nice two-hour, 45-minute game?
2: It's nice, it's like the hockey games.
1: It is. Well, hockey, that's one of the other reasons hockey's come around. I can time it out.
2: You're in and out. Two hours. 2.15.
1: 7.10 7, start. I'm done by 9.30. Done. Yeah. Soup to nuts. 9.45 if
2: you go to OT.
1: 9.45 the latest. Yeah, that's right. I'm in bed by 10 nice. <laughs> that's it?
2: You just shut it down and go to bed?
1: <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> shut the
2: TV off and that's the end of it. <laughs> How do you come down from the exhilarating emotion of an overtime hockey game?
1: A regular season overtime hockey game?
2: Yeah, regular season.
1: You mean with the shootout?
2: Yeah. The uh, shootout well, can... allows.
1: You, the shootout allows you to sort of come down. That's true. I feel like <laughs> the shootout is so sort of like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh,
2: yeah, oh. Right,
1: hey, all right, okay. Hey, nice. we, we did it, nice. All right, Franz Nielsen. Hey, it's a goal. <laughs> um, speaking of Franz Nielsen, I was listening to Alan Hahn and our old friend Rick Pietro tonight.
2: Ah, yeah.
1: On ESPN Radio, doing a show. Hahn and D. Pete. They're they're not calling it that. I am. Um, <laughs> Let it them know.
2: If that's was.
1: Very good. And they opened with the Yankees. Right. And Rick DiPietro speaking very intelligently about the Yankees. And turning it into hockey a little bit, being a professional athlete, doing the sort of the thing that Boomer Siason's really good at.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Which is you know, the Yankees had a closed-door meeting before this game with the Astros. Yeah. And credit to Alan Hahn. He set him up very well. well I said, what, is, good, what, is, what do the players think of that? Right. You know, and DiPietro said, you know, if it's early in the season, it can be very good, you know. It can be something where guys just want, you know, things aren't going well early in the season. You want to air things out. You get it out there or whatever. He's like, later in the season, he's like, a lot of times it doesn't mean anything. Right. Guys have already tuned it out. Guys have already making you know. Guys are, are beyond the point where that sort of thing is going to help. And he said the worst part about it is when the media finds out about it, because then you got to answer questions about it. You know, and it was really insightful.
2: It was insightful. The best part was when Alan Hahn inadvertently said, "Being a former athlete,
1: not right? Being a retired player,
2: right?" He well, I'm not, well, not, not that.
1: Because DiPietro's not officially retired.
2: No, he's not. He, he should be, though. But he should be. He spoke intelligently. It was fine. I
1: thought, I, I thought it was really good, Cal. I'm not going to go that far, but I
2: thought it was fine.
1: Compared to what we listened to this week, compared to, to, to Joe and Evan last week and to just the garbage that's been on WFAN and Michael Kay and McGregor, I mean, it was good. Sorry, I'm going to go ahead and call it good. Okay. He said, DiPietro said, did you hear his comment about the Jets? In that in that Yankee part, talking about young players and, and uh, you know, how they've assumed responsibility for the Yankees and what do you have to look forward to? And, and he said, he was like we were talking about the other day with Gino Smith. Gino Smith is, you know, going to be the starter, and they want him to be successful, and if he struggles a little bit, yeah, then you bring Michael Vick in. That's what you brought Michael Vick here, Mike Vick, he said. That's what you brought Mike Vick to be. Spot on, D. Pete. He's right. Spot on. How is it that this hockey player, who's been on the radio for exactly a week, was able to accurately break down exactly what the Jets are doing and thinking, and every other talking head has not? Would it be because he doesn't have a narrative to push? Mm. You decide. I have. And? I, I think that's clear. Okay. So uh, let's... Uh, good. You good? I'm good. Let's bring in the PJ awesome. for the fun load. I have two things for the fun load. Okay. One is the jersey thing. I do want to revisit the, the football jersey thing. Because I uncovered that Super 8 video footage of me, my- playing, me playing football with my buddy Kev. McWalters, who's on the show.
2: It's like the Zapruder uh, film.
1: Indeed, it really is. It's Super 8. I know. And my uncle, a few years ago, had got it uh, transferred to DVD. And it's me and my buddy Kev uh, playing football in my backyard in 1985. Uh, just, you know, I was 11, just throwing the football around. And I am wearing a Wesley Walker jersey. Uh, and Kev is wearing a very cool Giants t-shirt. Uh, he's, he's a huge Giant fan. And so we're watching this, and I, it brought up the discussion about – I got into this discussion with Joe Cap on Twitter about wearing jerseys now at the age of 40 and what's appropriate and what's not. Because Joe Cap said this is the closest he's been to a regular season without owning a current player's jersey. Right, and he was trying to figure out who he was gonna get and stuff. Now Joe Cap's 27, right? 27, 28, you can get away with this still. (laughs) He's a baby. That's it. You can still wear because the players are still his age. See, like if I go get like uh, a Geno Smith jersey, I could be Geno Smith's dad. It's just weird. Well, no, no. So, like my my, my buddy Jess said, he said, look, because I said, well, it makes me feel fanboyish. Like I have a David Wright jersey. I would never wear it to a game. The David Wright jersey is just for my house. (laughs) It is because I feel weird. Like I feel like a fanboy. And he goes, look, my buddy Jess goes, look, you're wearing a jersey at age 40. Do you play? Are you playing? I, I said, no, I'm not. He said, so you're already a fanboy. Yeah. You're just trying to make it so you're the least amount of fanboy you can be. <laughs> I said, that's exactly it.
2: I had a similar experience with that this week. I went to the Mets game on Monday. It was Monday. And I wore my jersey. I, I, I wore it, so it's a, it's a blank jersey. It's just a jersey, no name on the back. Even better. So It's fine. But they've got, at City Field, a place where you can customize your jersey. I don't know if you've seen this yet. I have. And it looks like a dry cleaner.
1: (laughs) They're all hanging.
2: Yeah, they're hanging. They're on this rotating thing. (laughs) And basically what you do is you can buy a jersey there and have it customized for whatever. Or you can leave them your jersey, and for $30, they will customize it and put whoever you want on the back. Right. And I looked at it, and I thought, hmm, $30. That's not that bad.
1: No, that's reasonable.
2: And then I remembered, I'm here at the game with my kids, (laughs) and I'm 40. Maybe we'll pass.
1: I I decided that football, I didn't decide, I think that football is the only reasonable place you can be 40 and wear a current player's jersey outside your house. Now, it better be to the game or to a bar to watch the game.
2: I feel like we've had this conversation in the past.
1: We have. We absolutely have, but I'm revisiting it because we're 40.
2: You can't wear it out to the supermarket.
1: Can I wear it out to the supermarket on Sunday going out to buy beer or snacks before the game?
0: Yeah, that's when I see it. That's,
1: that's when okay. you see it, right? That's, that's okay, what, right? Yes,
0: that, that's when you see all the Jersey men, the jerseyed men wandering uh, Monmouth County. In Jersey. <laughs> in Jersey.
2: In Jersey.
0: Sunday, Sunday morning.
1: In Jersey, right in Jersey. Before
0: the 1 o'clock game.
1: That's I,
2: allowed. It. I think it's a lot. It, I, I if, it
1: yeah. if I'm at Stop and Shop on a Thursday night in August wearing my Eric Decker jersey, eh, that's a problem. Questionable. It is. More unless, or less? Unless, you're 20, unless you're 25. Right. 25, you can get away with it.
2: More or less of a problem than being in Stop and Shop on a Thursday night wearing your Billy Smith jersey.
1: Less of a problem. Retired player.
2: It's less of a problem to wear a hockey jersey on a Thursday night <laughs> Right. in the off-season of hockey.
1: First of all, I think you're calling me out. Okay, just because no. I've done that a couple of times, okay?
2: I didn't think you did.
1: Listen, you know what happened, and you know who you're talking to, and you know I have a <laughs> Billy Smith jersey. And yes, I have wanted to stop Even and no one. To do <laughs> to do a little late night shopping. You know why? Because it's cold in Stop and Shop. It's very cold. <laughs> I don't know why they decide to keep the temperature at about 2.
2: All right. Last
1: I, th- I go shopping like that and I need mittens and a hockey jersey and a turtleneck.
2: Last thing for me on this. Basketball jersey, ever acceptable? Never. In any circumstance whatsoever? That's
1: correct. That's correct.
2: If unless you're playing, you're, unless you're
1: playing basketball, that's it.
2: I still don't think it's acceptable.
1: <laughs> and, and even then, even get then, a T-shirt. Get a T-shirt. Yeah. I think the I think the current player, post thirty, I can't do it. I can't. I can't be walking around City Field with a David Wright jersey on. I can't. What what what? I got, what, I got
0: one. Exception. What, I want to date I got him. Got an exception that I will allow.
1: I can't <laughs> do it. I wear my Kingman, and now I got a Gary Carter jersey from my buddies for my 40th birthday. I wear the Carter jersey.
0: What if you're out and you're with your kid, matching jerseys?
1: That's a great. That's,
0: cool.
1: that's a great call because this has happened now. This is happening now with Wesley because he that's loves to wear the jersey while watching the game. This is so much happening. And he's got a David Wright jersey, and I have a David Wright jersey, so he puts the David Wright jersey on. It adorable. And then, and then got he goes, a mini Daddy, me. Daddy, go get your David Wright jersey. You can't say so, no to him. But I'm in the home.
2: That's fine. No, we're not talking about in the home. We're talking about outside. I'm talking about you're going
0: to take him to the park.
1: In public. We've done it. I'm not comfortable. I
0: think it's allowable. No, I think I think it's allowable. I think that one gets a real pass.
2: What if, David a, Wright, what if David Wright was a 22-year-old rookie?
1: Oh no, I get that's no good. It's no good. <laughs> it's no good. No. I'm getting to the point where if I can be your dad, I shouldn't be wearing your jersey.
2: What if it's a Syndergaard jersey?
1: Nope. Not doing it. No.
2: No. Harvey. What am I? Harvey. No. Nope. <laughs> Harvey. Harvey Scherzy.
1: Scherzy, I'll do. That's okay. Yes.
2: In Stop and Shop on a Thursday night.
1: No, no chance. I can't do that. What am I, his girlfriend? (laughs) I'm not doing it. (laughs) I think when you hit 40, unless it's football, and you're buying a jersey just to wear to the bar or wear to a game... that's the only current player jersey you can get. Now, we, we've talked about this in the past, too. I'm also a jinx.
2: Yeah.
1: So, like, I got an Eric Decker jersey for a pro one, like a really nice one for my 40th birthday. Didn't know I was getting it. The choice was made for me. I love it. It's gorgeous. It's the nicest jersey I've ever owned. All
2: right. So let's just – I'm going to interrupt but you I for think, a second. I
1: think Eric Decker sent me a letter saying, please return the jersey. I want to live. I don't want to get hurt this year.
2: So we've established that for your 40th birthday, you received both a Gary Carter baseball jersey <laughs> right. and an Eric Decker football jersey. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm easy to buy for.
2: I just want to make sure I got that.
1: Right. The, the Carter jersey is easy.
2: Carter jersey is easy to wear. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: You know, I have a Carter and a Kingman. I wear the Carter jersey out. I wore it to a barbecue a couple weeks ago. I will wear it out. That's easy. Why? Well, no, no good. No well, good. He well, paused there. <laughs> Both of well, you got, got eerily silent. You're back
2: into wearing a baseball jersey out in public.
1: Right, but this is a super cool vintage Mets jersey.
2: I know, but I'm I'm hung up no on good. baseball. No good. Jersey. That's what I'm hung up
1: on. No good? I don't know. I don't know. I, it was, I was at a barbecue among friends. wasn't like I was you know, at a bar or something on a Saturday.
2: Did you know everybody at this barbecue?
1: Yes. No. They all knew you. I lied. I lied just there, very quickly. See how quickly it can happen?
2: That came very naturally to you.
1: Yep. I did not know everybody that was there. I knew most everybody that was there.
2: More importantly, did everybody, did anybody not know you? Yes. Where they show up at this picnic.
1: And there's and the, the guy family, in the Gary Carter jersey.
2: What's right. with this guy? <laughs> what's, with,
1: what's with Joe Fan?
2: Now, they know, if they know you, it's completely natural. Of course. Sure. You see, you like when I wear a jersey.
1: a jersey to a draft, a, a fantasy draft.
2: That's another good question. Is that acceptable?
1: Sure. Yes, because you're going to, you're not good, it's not like you're going out dancing afterward. Of course, we no, never went out the, dancing.
2: if the draft is in a public location. Yes. And you have to walk through a crowded restaurant to get to the room when you're <laughs> drafting.
1: That's right. That's right. I usually wear a jacket. Right. And then I unveil the jersey when we get in there.
2: So, wearing the jersey and carrying a laptop bag with magazines in hand. Through a restaurant,
1: screams tool shed.
2: At the age of forty, <laughs> when there are like adults having dinner,
1: <laughs> totally fine. Okay. Yeah, just so we. Know, hey, let's 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 I, check in with PJ on this. How I, many pink I, Floyd, How many Pink Floyd T-shirts can you wear? Like, at what point does a the baseball concert...
0: game unlimited? <laughs> I wear them in layers.
1: <laughs> At what point does a concert T become a little? Come on now. Uh,
0: I'm wearing a concert T-shirt right now. Of course You're you wearing
1: are. Five of them. Uh, but I,
0: I don't have many, and I'm I'm I am a lot more permissible on this. I don't see all the infractions that Cal is seeing. I'm, I'm very easygoing on this. Really. I guess so. <laughs>
1: You don't find that the concertee is, I mean, at some point, are we not adults?
2: Apparently not.
1: I feel no, like there's. A, I don't
2: live. I feel like there's. I, I don't live in it. a
0: neighborhood with any adults, frankly. We're, we're all giant man children.
1: Okay. I'm fine. Fine. Giant man children. You can say that again. <laughs> all walking
2: around in concert T-shirts. Okay, keep, uh, keep uh, gentle-
1: gentlemen. I have to walk away from the microphone for two seconds. Keep going.
2: All right. So PJ, elaborate on. And there he goes. Where... No, PJ. What do? What are you? You're more permissible about sports jerseys. Uh,
0: well, clearly they're not bothering me as much as they're bothering you. I don't see all the infractions. Although you... I don't. I, I agree with you about the NBA jersey. I just don't like the way they look.
2: No, especially if, if you don't have the body to pull it off. <laughs> right? and Not many people do.
0: You find yourself going up to people and telling them, excuse me, sir, you don't have the upper body to pull <laughs> <is> that off.
2: <laughs> what, what you're doing here is not working. Put a sweatshirt on. You're getting on. a lot of
0: fights that way, I think.
2: Yeah, I, just, I, I hit and run. I drop <laughs> the comment and I leave. It's Joan Rivers.
0: Um, I, I don't mind the concert T-shirt. I, I'm uh, I get more annoyed with the uh, the uh, bad ironic T-shirts. Is, the,
2: that, uh, is that age sensitive to you? Like, does it matter how old you are, or it, or it's just it's the it's the concept of the T-shirt.
0: On the one hand, I'm very permissible about stuff, and on the other hand, man, I'm really judgmental about some people. Some people, I just don't like their face, and I'm like, you know what? That shirt <laughs> confirms that you're an idiot, and I don't like you now.
2: <laughs> but it's really a case-by-case basis.
0: I guess so. It's super subjective with me.
2: Right? Two people, you, you walk into Home Depot, and you see two people both wearing ironic T-shirts. If you don't like the face of one of them, it's, uh, it's unacceptable for that person. I don't like
0: the fine. and and if I don't like the humor on the shirt, I really you know I, I really don't like it then. Okay. You know if if it's some sort of beer oriented you know Corona joke or something, right. uh, something come on.
2: Something <laughs> You couldn't have
0: bought anything better than that for God's sake. The,
1: are there are there point, Corona I,
0: jokes? I wish,
2: yes, of <laughs> course.
1: You call that a lime Corona?
2: Right, the Johnson T-shirt. <laughs>
1: Oh, remember the Johnson T-shirts? Those were big. Those were huge. See what I just did? Did you see what I just did, though?
2: What did you just do? Oh, the Johnson. The Johnson T-shirts are
1: huge. Yeah, there you go. Right. (laughs) Didn't you guys? There's a guy
0: with a vintage uh, Tylenol (laughs) T-shirt.
1: That's great. (laughs) Right. This brings us into a. This brings us into a very cool area that we could talk about for a couple minutes, and that is. And I sort of led us here, and, uh, and I, of course, am guilty of wearing concert T-shirts all the time. So I was just trying to shame you, Peach, uh, because you made me feel bad. Um,
2: I'm, I have no sh- sh- I'm still stuck on the vintage Tylenol T-shirt. The vintage
1: Tylenol <laughs> T-shirt. But T-shirts, like if you go into Old Navy or Target or whatever, like cool T-shirts have become a huge, great thing. Like I can spend a month on those, on those websites where like there's Princess Bride T-shirts and stuff, right? Like – I, yeah, I, as, I, uh, as, I love them.
2: As PJ was saying, though, you kind of run a fine line as to what's humorous you and definitely what's not.
1: Do. Right, you definitely do. And I, I, I heard you guys talking about that as I had to step away. So to continue that dialogue, what's – where's the, you – PJ, I remember you having a Marvin uh, the Martian t-shirt. I had a Marvin the Martian t-shirt like in high school. Right. And it was like a thing. Like I just – I searched everywhere to get it and like – that I remember that I sort of feel like that was like one of the early irony kind of t-shirt things, right? Maybe for our generation. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely for our generation.
0: Because but because I, it, it was the most uh random Warner Brothers character, that's what made it ironic or
1: yeah, that or, or like no one was, was
0: really a fan of *Marvin the Martian*.
1: <laughs> that's right. It was like sort of obscure, and I think I saw somebody like in a band. I can't remember who, but like somebody, maybe it was Axl Rose even that like had one or something like that. Um, where do you? So you you were you guys were just drawing the fine line where? So the fine line to you is like if it's trying to be funny, Page and it's not really.
0: I don't know. I guess I just, I have certain triggers, you know, like uh, if if someone's wearing a Kool-Aid t-shirt, I'm like, no, you're trying too hard. Stop. <laughs> but if someone's walking around with like a vintage Mickey Mouse faded t-shirt, I'm like, all right, that's cool. I don't I don't know what the difference is.
1: There's a weird, <laughs> there's a weird like radar with this. I totally agree. Because I'll see some and feel the exact same way, Peej. I'll be like, oh, phew. a little more effort. Right. Make and it, then otherwise uh, I'll be like, where did you possibly get that? Right. Yeah. Like I, I saw, saw a one, smoking one the other in the day.
0: Bandit shirt. I think that would be it's, cool. That's great.
1: I saw one the other day with, and of course there's, you know, entire websites where there are just clever t-shirts, right? And some of them are extraordinarily clever and some of them are dumb or whatever. But um, I saw one the other day, which uh, my buddy Craig, his niece, who's like a year old, he had a video of her and she sounded like a <laughs> She sounded like a dinosaur. She sounded like a, a, what do you call it, a velociraptor. She's just like walking, and all of a sudden you hear her go, and we just kept watching this video and cracking up. And then I had remembered seeing this T-shirt a couple weeks earlier that was a picture of a velociraptor with a Rubik's Cube, and it says, clever girl. <laughs> from, which is a great line from Jurassic Park, two or the first one? Sure, first one. The first one, right? Yeah, which says clever girl when she figures out the velociraptor. The velociraptor f- figures out how to open the door, and uh, see. I thought that's good, funny, you know, on the nose, random quote. I thought that was great, you know. So I sent I sent that to him. I said you got to get this for your niece because she sounds like a velociraptor. I've seen some good Jaws ones, too, and I've seen some good Princess Bride ones. But then I've seen Star Wars ones, like, there's Star Wars one with uh, Darth Vader doing the barbecue. Have you guys seen that one?
2: No. <laughs> it's, a,
1: it's like a, tar- it's a Target one. It's like Darth Vader and a bunch of stormtroopers, like, at a backyard barbecue, and Darth Vader's, like, working the grill. And it's, just, it's, it's funny, but it's like, okay, I guess. We're just putting stormtroopers in Darth Vader anywhere, and it's funny. Okay.
0: Yeah, and they kind th- they kind of are. There are like there are like three hundred stormtrooper shirts now.
1: Yeah, it's, and then there's like uh, you uh, know so.
0: the Lego versions and.
1: <laughs> my, I don't I know
2: It's Very subjective. The,
1: what, yes, it really is. It really is like what's clever and what's not. My favorite Princess Bride one is the. Uh, <laughs> it's the hello, my name is sticker. And it says hello, my name is, and it says in inigo Montoya, like written in in like handwriting. So it's like oh, a you know, like he like a, yeah, like a sticker you would have at like a seminar. Hello, <laughs> my name it? is. Yeah, that's good, solid. What's the maybe best if one?
0: it did, you know if it just doesn't appeal to your uh, your pop culture um, trigger?
1: Yeah,
0: you, you tend not like, to. Uh,
1: it... that, that's a cottage industry, I feel like though, right?
2: For Be- sure, right now it is.
1: Because of the acceptability of a 42-year-old guy wearing a Captain America t-shirt. Like I got
0: stopped. I got stopped in SeaWorld with my family. We were you know, on vacation, and this guy stopped. He's like, I just got to tell you, your t-shirt's awesome. Because I, I had a, <laughs> I, I had a t-shirt specially made with a quote from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You did? Yeah. Which T-shirt and, is that? Well, you know, um, you know the 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 keep calm and carry on that motif of, yes. of T-shirt. Yes. Well, mine says, "Don't panic and carry a towel." Right. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in the same sort of font.
1: In the, right. In the in that in that layout. Right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and and you know the guy the guy just had a stop. He stay. He was with his friend. He pointed it out to his friend. He's like, "Oh, look at this. This is the greatest."
1: And he's never seen it. He's never seen it.
0: No one had ever seen it. I think I'm right. the only person in America who has it. And uh, it was you know, it was a cool little you know moment for me because right. I get so few of those. <laughs> hey, look, someone noticed me.
1: <laughs> well, that's, a, so that's I think a it's different... a different
0: category than sports jersey.
1: Oh, it's a way different category. Yeah, but like you you'd never find that on Cafe Press. You know what I mean? So like that's why that's awesome. Like that guy saw that and is like, "Well, I think you know, I used Captain. Press to
0: make it." <laughs> like, I don't sure. Think it was... <laughs>
1: sure, but I'm saying you know, and yeah. I'm surprised they didn't adopt it and throw it up there.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah, it, boy, it really is subjective. But I think the the acceptability of the T-shirt for the grown man, like the goofy T-shirt for the grown man, is is huge. I mean, Target is, like, made a, uh, you know, an industry out of selling those T-shirts. I'm going to say yeah, cottage yeah. industry a few more times. The whole
0: wall of Target dedicated
2: to it. Now, yeah. Yeah. Target and Old Navy, too.
1: And, the, like, the Nirvana T-shirt or the whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> there's some great ones, though. There's some really good ones. If you were going to custom... Ooh, that's a great question. Oh. Like, Peej, you customized one. I'm trying to think yeah. if I could... What I would do... That would just be speak. That would push my pop culture button, as it were. Mm-hmm. What would I do? Hmm. Hmm. Pete, you have the very the great one. It's from lot, but it's the great one. The uh, I'm not dead yet.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> that was the a, That was a must get.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Cal, this was always a big thing with the band. Like oh. you were always looking for a cool T-shirt to wear. For a gig. Because and we didn't, was,
0: otherwise we didn't really know how to dress ourselves for gigs.
1: That's because correct. Was, <laughs> this is also pre, pre-Cafe Press. Right. Like you couldn't go on Cafe Press and get really funny, ironic t-shirts.
0: Right. This is what, this to, is what desperate <laughs> musicians do to be clever.
1: You have to seek them out. Like I have – I wore for uh, uh, one of our last gigs, I have my dad's softball t-shirt – from his 1975 team. Uh, my, and my dad, not a softball player. Uh, this Was he in
2: 1975?
1: Team. He played on this team with my Uncle Tommy and all these like, younger guys. And they were called Wings. Oh. <laughs> for, for the McCartney band. And it's like a bad Wings logo. With the press-on stuff, Cal, from the flea market. Oh, yeah. Like, clearly they were made at the flea market.
2: Right, it's like a rubberized uh, iron-on. So
1: it's, so it's the Wings logo on the front, ironed on, and then the felty type letters and number on the back. That's real with,
0: vintage, though.
1: Yes, with Tony with... number 11 on the back. <laughs> and that was, I wore that for a gig, and that was, like, uh, that was tremendous. That's cool. But that's a vintage. Yes, that's genuine vintage peach. Well, that's, that's where. We used to,
2: that's but that's, that's where a we. a real used
1: to, That's where we used to get Cafe Press T-shirts. Was at the vintage store. Or the. Like place. I. Yeah, I would go to the old uh, the uh, what do you call it the Army Navy or go to a vintage store and buy a T-shirt for the gig. That was an actual twenty five year old T-shirt that said you know Carmine's bowling team or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what I would make one for.
0: I don't know. I'd have to really do think about it. clever that. Star Wars wise. Come on. No, and it's been done. Line that hasn't been it's done yet?
1: been done. I bought my brother the T-shirt that says Han shot first. In the uh, and it's in the Star Wars font, <laughs> so it says Han shot first on the you know, and it looks like the Star Wars logo because of Greedo shooting first in the uh, re, the redone versions of Star Wars. Right. They made this T-shirt that says Han shot first. So I got that from my brother. Like, that's good. That's clever.
0: I have now, a friend.
1: I wouldn't do Star Wars. I'd, I'd get obscure. I'd do something from like The Natural or something like that.
0: I have a friend who, whenever she fills out one of those online surveys, and always, you know, the last question is always the big empty box. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Right. She always adds Han shot first, <laughs> and then she signs off. <laughs> You okay. know, she's filling out, you know, how did you, how did you like the treatment at the emergency room or something? You know, was the staff kind and courteous? Do you have anything to add? On right. shot first.
1: On shot first. That is amazing. <laughs> that is maybe, maybe my favorite thing I've ever heard. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: it's a great use of that box.
1: I am totally going to steal that. Totally. <laughs>
0: Actually, that would make a good T-shirt. You do that. You put the box in the center of the shirt with with the, uh, any, the font right, over, any, the, a, over the a, top. Additional
1: comments. Right. Additional yeah. comments. <laughs> See, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Cafe Press, right? And there's just there's a ton of great stuff, and then there's a ton of stuff that's like, oh, you are really working very hard. Right.
0: It's kind of like the greeting card conundrum. You know, you're looking for a good birthday card, and you have to go through at least 50 clunkers.
1: Right. Yeah, to find that one super clever or super funny or, you know, like mm. like this, like this one. 4 out of 3 people struggle with math. That's funny. <laughs> Would I wear that every day? I don't. And somebody got me for my 40th birthday a uh these pretzels are making me thirsty t-shirt. <laughs> these pretzels are making me I, thirsty. I and it's a big picture of a pretzel. It's tremendous. It's good.
2: You see them on The Big Bang Theory a lot. Oh, that's right. Sheldon wears those t-shirts all the time.
1: I don't uh, watch that show.
2: The Department of Redundancy Department.
1: Right. <laughs> Welcome to Obvious Land, Land of the Obvious. Right. <laughs> I love well, it. I've
0: really seen that show.
1: We, uh, yeah, and we won't. Most likely. You won't. I no. won't. Everybody knows it. I'm a stubborn man. Uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, Page, what do you want to say about fatigue?
0: <laughs> I have it. You guys did a good, you guys did a good job tonight of, of keeping me from uh, revealing just how angry and bitter I am right at this moment. I just want to thank you both for that because, man, I'm angry right now.
1: We're going to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Super effing pissed. That's right.
0: There you. Go. <laughs> Back <laughs> that's off, man.
1: Back off, man. I'm a scientist. See that's one. I've seen that one.
0: Oh, next be a week cur- in movie theaters. Ghostbusters? Yeah. No. Yeah, next weekend, the 30th anniversary. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be in theaters. Go, go to it. Run.
1: Nice. Wow. I gotta go. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Gotta Cal, do let's it. do it. Me and you. Ghostbusters next weekend. I'm not taking no for an answer, Cal. I'm in. Why okay, don't you go.
0: come out here and come uh, go go with uh,
2: my boy? I'm taking we'll the boy bring, out for we'll, it.
1: Bring the kids out. Are your daughter's old enough, Cal.
2: Yeah, she's got no interest.
1: Do you... <laughs>
2: <laughs> She'll say what
0: she said. What the other thing? This is fake.
2: <laughs> is Demi Lovato in it? <laughs> She's nope.
1: actually one of the ghosts in the She's reboot. One of the ghosts? She's Slimer.
2: Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we have a shot.
1: Yeah, they wanted it to appeal to a new uh, generation. Demi Lovato is Slimer. Nick, Nicki Minaj is Gozer. Gozer. Gozer the Gozerian. Yeah. Yeah. Typecasting. <laughs> she gets that all the time. She really does. Yeah. Well, uh, let's wrap it up, boys. All right. Let's see I go first. EJ, final unload.
0: Final unload. Late to the party, as usual, but I have discovered Orange is the New Black on the Netflix. Big fan. Recommend.
1: Final unload.
2: Quite simply, two weeks from tonight, two big things happen. Season five of RTU kicks off.
1: Yep.
2: Which is unbelievable. Five seasons. Yeah. Almost almost two hundred episodes, and I, I couldn't be more happy that we're still doing it. So, that's the first thing. Second thing is NFL season starts two weeks from tonight. Yeah, it does. Not a moment too soon.
1: And my final unload is, uh, I'd like to officially say goodbye to the 2014 uh, Mets baseball season. I know, I know. It was over a while ago. But now, really, seriously. You can pretty much go ahead and lose every day so Terry Collins gets fired. Yes, that's right. For the first time in my life, I am rooting for them to lose four out of five days. I want Jacob deGrom to win so he wins rookie of the year and also because I have him in my fantasy league and I need him desperately for the playoffs and, uh, and I lost Garrett Richards and uh, that's it go away Terry Collins go away from my window alright put that on you? a t-shirt <laughs> 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 and there's my t-shirt uh, that is all the time we have for Brian Calvi and PJ Cachopo. I'm Steve Sampietro. We'll see you next week. I'm ready to unload with Cal and Pete. Except we won't. We'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Rage. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, everybody, go to grantland.com and look at their SNL. Uh, uh, did you see this, Peach? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> One more second. Did oh, you see this? <laughs> yeah, we're still know. on. grantland.com is doing a, um, a bracket with, for 40 years of Saturday Night Live. And they, it's like an NCAA pool, and you can vote. Huh. They have cast members versus cast members broken down by era, right, Cal? Yes, for
2: the so, 40th oh, anniversary.
1: Right, I for the like 40th that. anniversary. And they're going to have a, they pick the greatest cast member of all time that way.
0: Now, that's so, a good T-shirt.
1: That's a great T-shirt, and uh, and they really got some of them so right. Like this, like one of the 16s versus ones is Eddie Murphy versus like Tim Kazurinsky. You know, like Eddie Murphy's <laughs> Eddie Murphy's like Duke in this equation, and Tim Kazurinsky's like Appalachia State.
2: <laughs>
1: so it's good. Go to Grandland.com and check that out. Okay, boys, see you next week.
2: Good night. Good night.
1: Penny alla vodka with rigatoni, please. <laughs>